This podcast was made possible by our Leadership Circle members, Becky Morgan, Randy Pond, Lisa Sonsini, and Silver Lake. Special thanks to our 2020 Exemplary Leadership Award sponsors, Friends of Sing Kong, Friends of Webb McKinney, Eris Communications, Deloitte, and HP Inc., and to our Truth, Love, and Reconciliation Dialogue series sponsor, Destination Home. Welcome to the Dialogue. Hi, folks. This is Richard, Marketing and Communications Director at ALF Silicon Valley. Our two guests in this episode of the Dialogue have never met, not in person anyway, as of this recording. But that hasn't stopped them from becoming fast friends, sharing the unique experience of participating in the nearly all-virtual 2020 Fellows Program. When Tony Van Winkle, Senior Director, Digital Workplace Experience at Adobe, and Miguel Marquez, Chief Operating Officer of the County of Santa Clara, accepted the invitation to participate in Class 39, they had no idea just how unique and challenging the experience would be. Tony Miguel talked to CEO Suzanne St. John Crane about embarking on their fellow's journey amid a pandemic and other crises while simultaneously building a support system for each other in an extraordinary year of upheaval and survival. Listen to Tony McGill discuss how the container can be set virtually for intense conversations, bonding, and reimagining a new normal. Enjoy. So welcome to you both. It's just so delightful to have two members of Class 39. And I don't know, you guys might forever be known as COVID class, but you're Class 39 to me. <laughs> Good to see you both. <laughs> yeah. It's good to see you, Susan. Yeah, Absolutely. So Tony uh, and Miguel, you guys were paired as buddies in this year's class, and I, you know, have this vivid memory of the two of you being at that first pre-orientation day at, you know, Mexican Heritage Plaza. And Miguel had, I think, you were playing the, was it the taiko drums? That's and right. Had those big sticks in your hand, and I mean, this is literally a memory I'm never going to forget because you had two or three phones in your hand. It was March 13th of 2020. And if anybody knows that date and what happened just four four days later, right? Uh, you saw what was coming and you fully engaged as a leader in that day. And you said to me, Suzanne, I might have to step out for a minute. And I said, I totally understand. But for that brief period of time, we got to be together and really start this ALF journey together. And who knew what kind of a year we were gonna have, right? It was interesting. I actually missed that day because um, I was doing a very similar thing that Miguel was doing. I was getting ready to help our 22,000 employees around the world work from home. That's right. And, um, yeah, so that, was, that particular day was uh, a day of decision. No question. And Miguel, can you remember sort of what was in your head that day or how you felt launching this new experience when everything that was coming at you? Yeah. I mean, what's funny about it is, uh, as you know, Suzanne, um, I was supposed to do the class the year before and I just couldn't commit because we had so much going on. I said, let's do it in 2020 because we'll have our labor contracts in place. Things will be much more calm. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm sure I can focus on the class. And then 2020 turned out to be just um, so difficult in so many different ways. And on that first day, um, ironically, right, it, we were actually going to have a press conference either 12 or 1 o'clock, I don't remember which. 
where we were going to reduce the amount of people who can get together from a thousand down to a hundred. Right. So I already knew that was happening. And then I was at the, in that morning dealing with, you know, we still have to run in the county hospitals, clinics, jails, 24 seven hour facilities. Um, and uh, there was concern at the hospital because of um, people being tested and the way they were being tested and they were too close to get. So I was trying to problem solve through all of those things, knowing what was coming down the pike and thinking, my gosh, the whole point of doing this class in 2020 was to have the, right. the, the time and space to focus. And it turned out to be anything but. Right, right. And yet you guys all stayed in it. And I mean, that's to me when folks ask me from the network, how was that class doing? How's that 2020 ALF fellows class? I say, you know, they have become this support system for each other um, in, in what seems like one of the most difficult years. I mean, Tony, do you remember after, like every day we had a class was the day after or the day of some extreme yes. event, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, my my distinct, well, two distinct things happened um, right at the beginning of 2019, uh, at the end of 2019 and into 2020. One was New Year's Eve, and New Year's Eve um, was about going into 2020. Everybody had the 1920s themes party. Everybody was talking about the year of focus and this type of thing. Unbeknownst to us, this focus would be on so many different topics. And I also returned early in January from China. And in going through airports, started to see something change. And we didn't quite know what was going on. Um, And then we went about our year. And you're absolutely spot on, Suzanne, that, you know, first it was, yes, we're going to have to uh, work from home. Then it was, oh, my goodness, we have the California fires. And then there was an earthquake. I remember there was an earthquake in Lehigh, and it knocked the angel off of one of the temples. Um, There was, uh, of course, a number of tragic deaths of um, African-American men and women that uh, impacted all of our hearts and minds. And the death of George Floyd, which was the uprising, I would say, of the world, literally, to stand in this space and say that Black Lives Matter and uh, we need to we need to do something here. We we need to do something, and the backdrop of all of this was this political divide that we all had. Uh, there were times where our class was talking about which country we would move to because you know we wanted to escape it all. And I'll have to say that having this class was a place where we could not only you know talk about what was going on with us in real life, but also to shed that skin and say, okay, let's just be humans for a minute. Um, it's kind of hard for me to stand in this space right now. Yeah. yeah. And getting that real life perspective was, was the kind of support I believe that all of us needed through 2020, not just the COVID class, but all of us really needed it. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll add, you know, one thing you, you didn't mention, Tony, that was just as um, difficult to work with was all the wildfires. Yeah. Right. And, and I say that because when you have the pandemic, you have the George Floyd and say so you have everything else. Um, 
and then it was almost it, wildfires were problematic on their own, but they were almost symbolic, right? Because yes. not only did you feel you couldn't breathe, you just wanted fresh air. Then you looked outside one day and literally the sky was orange all over. I'm sure we all remember that day. And I just thought, my gosh, what have we done to ourselves? And for me, the class, it was just a year of reacting to big problems day in and day out all day. Um, no chance to be proactive. And it was hard to find the time to, to meet with ALF. But when I would, honestly, I would get distracted with problems still. But to the extent I was able to free up time, it was forcing me to do what I really needed, which was to step back, mm -hmm. think about how this all fits, think, think about why it's happening, think about how to be strategic, think about tools that will help me and help, you know, help me do my job better as a, as a public servant. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how I would have made it through this year with you know, myself being a person of color, everything that's that went on really impacted me in more personal ways. Um, yet I was called upon to give my best as a professional with all of these conflicting feelings. And I feel like, you know, the once a month days that we'd have together really gave me perspective, gave me hope. And especially being paired up with Tony, she and I got together early on and both shared our personal stories and, you know, not go, won't go into any of that other than to say, I learned that Tony is, is more resilient than I am. And it was um, great to meet someone like that, to, to know that resilience can really, um, is so important. And to see who you are, Tony, you know, really became an inspiration for me and our chats really inspired me to stick with it and, and you know, power through. Yeah, well, Miguel, I have to tell you the, that that feeling is absolutely um, mutual and reciprocated. One of the things, Susanna, about our class you know, as a collective, is not only did we experience this, this together, but we got to look at this through different lenses. Right. We had leaders in healthcare. We had leaders in education. We had people like Miguel who are leading the charge for the county. We had industry people like myself. We had people from the environmental side. And looking at all of that going on through all those lenses, was an incredible full view of how complex of a place we stood in. I mean, that, that was to me very, very interesting. Yeah. So beautiful to hear the two of you reflect on how relationships and, and uh, just carving out that time, right? It's so hard to find that one Friday, but when you get there, you realize how badly you needed it, right? Especially in a year like this to recharge your batteries. Um, you know, I, I'll just share too, I, I feel like this year, I feel like every year there's a little bit of art and a little bit of science in terms of who ends up in the class and why, um, you know, we try and plan some things and some things just happen. And, you know, we've never had three healthcare executives in one class. We did this year. <laughs> we've never had, you know, superintendent of schools with the head of the community foundation with uh, Miguel on the front lines of the County and, I guess from my perspective too, there were several of us who were sitting comfortably in our homes who got to see, you know, and got to be a part of how do we respond as a whole community? 
how do I play a role sitting in my house comfortably with, you know, waiting for my vaccine, being able to pay my bills, right? It's, I, I think getting, and that is ALF, right? Being able to really sit with and experience uh, life through different lenses deeply. And so I, I have gratitude that you both showed up to the party because it made the dialogue richer. Speaking of dialogue, I'm curious if there are any moments uh, for both of you that really stood out as theme or something you took away uh, from one of our class dialogues. It kind of echoes a little bit of what I was saying before is that I think I realized through this year that it does take a village, that these problems um, that we face are systemic. And systemic means that there are connections and knobs that need to be turned, not only in those people working in public and private sector, but just, you know, as a citizen, you know, you need to stand up and get up and do something about it. And I think for me, the tools that were, are things that I use throughout the year, but will continue to use are these mindfulness practices and check-ins because even today, Suzanne, over the last you know four weeks, I have a global team, and my team in India has been devastated. And you know, as this thing on across the globe, it has really, really impacted every country that we're in, and we're in 38 countries around the world, and every single country has been impacted. And in the last you know, four to six weeks, it has been India. And checking in with people and connecting with people as humans, that that moment, I will continue to, to do that as a leadership practice because that is the most valuable asset we have in our company is, is the humans. And if we're not taking care of them and they're not taking care of themselves, then our business cannot thrive, so. I think that's from me. Well, Miguel, I don't know if you have a moment or many. <laughs> I, I had many moments, but I think one that really stood out that sort of hit me like a ton of bricks is, you know, we would got, had gone through the whole, you know, George Floyd incident. Um, and then on top of that, among the many things that happened in 2020 was the, the presidential election. Oh, yeah, and, that. Yeah. And, <laughs> I wouldn't even mention that. <laughs> and, you know, there was just so many different views out there. And, and it starts to feel like our social discourse has broken down so much that we're talking past one another. And you get so frustrated, at least myself as a person of color and hearing what the, the hateful things that some people say. You just want to shut down and walk away and say, I'm done. And people even at some point had said that I just feel done in the moment. Um, and then someone um, in our class had had life experience in Europe, uh, in Germany specifically, and made a comment to say that while they were not around during World War II and everything that happened, that um, this person's ancestors had shared that, you know, things were rough, but where, where, where things really went awry is when people stopped talking to each other. Mm. And that scared the bejesus out of me. And I said, you know what? I feel like I want to stop talking to people, but now I understand that I can't. You, you just can't. Um, and it's interesting, you know, months after that, we as a class talked about how we wanted to bring in people who have different perspectives from us so we could um, learn. And, you know, part of me still feels like, I don't know, I'm, it's so hard for me to hear that kind of hateful speech. 
But the other side of me says, I've learned through this class that we are one society. We have to keep talking, even if it's uncomfortable, even if we don't like it, we have to keep talking. So that was pivotal. That was just huge to me. You know, you two um, come from different sectors, right? And I did you know each other before the ALF class? We did, we not. did not. And I think it's quite interesting that both of us punted on 2019 because right. I yeah, remember Suzanne? Yeah. I decided that I needed to go this year as well. Yeah. God is right. I forgot about that. Um, what have you what have you guys learned from each other? So it's really interesting because you know, one of our classmates uh, said this about me and Miguel. They said that Miguel is the conscience and Tony, you're the heart of the class. And I just, I was, first of all, I was just like, oh my gosh, what a great comp. It was so sincerely said. And Miguel is the conscience. And um, what he taught me was that while yes, you need to listen to people, you need to have the dialogue and so on and so forth, but you also need to have a high bar. That is your compass in life, in leadership, in decision-making. And his, his story about his life and what he's overcome and how he's taken the bull by the horns is evident of the fact that he is the conscience and he holds himself to a standard that he probably holds other people to, but he holds himself to that standard as well. Miguel, what have you learned about Tony this year? Um, I, you know, I mentioned earlier um, her resilience, which to me, you know, just struck a chord right away. And I said, I think here's someone that I really want to be friends with and understand and, and get to know better. Um, and then throughout the year, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on Zoom calls. Um, <laughs> I'm not even sure, Tony, I've met you in 3D yet. <laughs> I don't no, think so. No. We're um, right down the street from each other, so you know, we have to assume. Yeah. But I've had the, the privilege of listening to your voice in our meetings. And I've told you this before, so it shouldn't come as any surprise. I just think you're so full of wisdom. Um, and, you know, your, your, your thoughtful, wise comments and perspective uh, really, to me, is something that I aspire to. Um, so, you know, that that's what I learned from Tony is there's maybe there's a reason why I'm being challenged in so many different ways. And I don't want to waste, you know, all of the um, challenging life experience without growing in, in wisdom uh, in the same way Tony has and offer to in so many difficult conversations, uh, if you will, a wise perspective that you always seem to offer to me. That's what I learn from Tony, all kinds of wise things. You know, as far as, you know, part of what ALF does, right, is we bring in people from different sectors together too. And gosh, you know, we don't often get outside of our bubbles, of our sector mm -hmm. bubbles, you know? Um, and I'm just curious too, if you could expand on, is there anything, Tony, you learned about public sector inner workings? My God, in the middle of a crisis and multiple crises that we had this year. And same for you, Miguel. Did you have any new understandings or or maybe some, some ideas about collaboration and connection with private sector that you hadn't considered before? You know, I, I kind of alluded to this, that I realized that it took a village to make an impact, but it actually takes more than a village. And so what I mean by that is... It takes public and private and citizens and 
education and knowledge and so on and so forth for us all to be mobilized to do good. But really what it made me realize is, is some of the nuance between politics and good works. It, it, I think like inside corporations, we have politics and things like that, but you know, that's like the sandbox in kindergarten. <laughs> about, you know, community and public policy and see changes of how we can help um, the places where we live and play and want to contribute. Um, there's such a heavy lift. And how can we help each other? I kind of have mixed feelings on this because um, I think that industry can put the dollars out there and we often do. But um, it's hard for, for industry to not be biased in where they want to put those dollars. So your next thing you need to do is mobilize industry to put their people and encourage them to take some action and be educated. And so I think it was a privilege to be a part of ALF, representing my organization, but also as an individual. For me, you know, I think people talk about the private sector, public, you know, I've been a private sector employee before. Um, and, and, you know, people will sometimes say sort of hateful things about public sector employees. You know, you know I'm here from the government. I'm here, here to help. You know, uh, Ronald Reagan sort of started that. And I always say, gosh, do people think I was sort of competent when I was a private sector employee and suddenly it became bureaucratic and incompetent as a public sector employee? <laughs> and then you realize through this experience, um, you know, um, Adobe's as private sector as you get, and the county of Santa Clara is as public sector as you get. But I'll just give you one example, because Tony, you, you already brought it up. We started having these, you know, um, buddy chats, if you will, and I talked, and hey, what are you up to? And I'm like, well, look, we got, it's so funny, we have 22,000 employees too. So I didn't realize that we have the same number of employees. And I said, it's been hard because of this pandemic, we've had to move to remote work. And Tony says, well, guess what I was doing? The reason I wasn't there on that last Friday is because I was in charge of putting people to remote work. And I realized, you know, it doesn't matter. Private sector, public sector, really, we are people trying to work and, and, and we have to manage people and, and, and get them engaged in the work and everything else. So there's a lot of crossover. You know, you're going to have the same problems in the private sector as the public sector and probably the nonprofit sector as well. Um, and so we were able to share so much just about our challenges running or the, the critical role that we each play in running our organizations. They were very, very, very similar, much more similar than different. And, and for some reason, we focus on the difference when we should be focusing on, on the similarities and, and trying to work collaboratively. And I think, you know, that's one thing. There was people from the nonprofit sector, from health, just everything is part of the network. And you saw that, as you said, when we had the shooting, how many senior fellows from all walks of life are involved because we're one society, we're integrated, and we got to stop focusing on difference. Are there any any other tidbits or or moments or memories, um, takeaways that you all want to share? I think that, you know, one thing I will share is um, I really dove into some of the books and uh, this type of thing. And there was uh, one book, Become American, and in that book, it talks about becoming a citizen and that piece of information, I think all of us should 
really read that, attend a session where people are becoming citizens and think about how we can be more of that instead of just residents of where we are. How can we really become citizens? How about you, Miguel? Well, on the book part, I'll put a plug in for Decolonizing Wealth, which I thought, you know, we were assigned to read some pages. I couldn't stop reading and sort of read it from front to back in, in a couple of days and was thought it was an extraordinary book. Um, but also, I think the other thing that um, was extraordinary was, you know, we were on Zoom almost the whole year. And then we finally had an opportunity to see each other at Nestledown. And it just felt so good to see people. And that was more of sort of an icebreaker. And then we went to one of our colleagues' house out in Los Gatos Mountains and had a discussion about race that was just extraordinary to me. You know, and it's and if, if you don't know my background, I used to be the general counsel at San Francisco Unified School District, and I've been a school lawyer for a long time. And I've just been so busy, I wasn't keeping up with what was happening in the school circles around critical race theory, um, you know, the curriculum that they're teaching. And I thought, my gosh, in, in an hour and a half or whatever it was, it, the time flew by. It was such a deep and meaningful discussion in person that I um, realized, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, maybe we took for granted um, what it meant to be together in the same space and have those human, real human relationships where you could see everybody's body language and be in the moment and people can't shut off their video when they feel like they need to you get, I mean, you're just there the whole time. And I got to tell you, I cannot wait until we have our outdoor wilderness experience. Yes. Because if, if I had a, two hours of it and thought it was amazing, I just can't wait. And it's hard to fathom what, you know, three or four or five days, whatever it's going to be, uh, will be like. So gave me a true appreciation for just being around real humans in 3D. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for your wilderness experience either. <laughs> okay. Well, Miguel, maybe we're going to have to do a practice hike together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dave Beanie's organizing him. So oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. There He's going to put a spreadsheet out there for you guys. Thank you right, so much. This was just delightful. I, I appreciate you sharing your, your wisdom, your experiences, your, your takeaways from this. Uh, it's helpful for, for folks that are considering the fellows program and for all those who've been wondering about this COVID class, how are they doing? So mm-hmm. appreciate it, you guys. ALF joins and strengthens diverse leaders, creating and supporting networks for good. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and encourage you to subscribe to The Dialogue on iTunes or SoundCloud. To learn more about ALF, visit us online at alfsv.org.